You're listening to a message from Every Nation GTA. For more information, please visit our website at everynationgta.org. Well, we're in a new series uh, called Resolve. And at the beginning of the year, we really want to think about what are the most important things that we need to hold on to. And some of these will be review things, but they're worth uh, repeating. You know, you can do a lot of things uh, in life, but if you don't do certain things, then your life isn't going to go in the direction that you had hoped. And so in this series, we're going to talk about prayer. We're going to talk about eating together and building relationships. We're t- going to talk about being a blessing. We're going to talk about um, connecting people together and inviting them. Uh, it's really undergirding what we call our Pepsi, and I'm going to talk more about that. We've had it introduced before here. But these are not just light things. These are things that we really uh, need to grab a hold of. Let me begin with a story. Uh, when I was coming up onto my 12th birthday, uh, now my birthday's in the summertime, July 15th, okay? You just mark it down. But anyway, um, and, you know, each year, you know, I come from a big family, seven kids and, you know, lots of cousins and whatnot, lots of aunts and uncles. And usually coming up to your birthday, you kind of, you know, there's a buzz at so-and-so's birthday, at so-and-so's birthday, at so-and-so's birthday. And I noticed that there was no buzz, you know, around my upcoming birthday and no mention. And I thought, hmm, you know, do I say something about this or not? And I thought, no, I'm not going to say anything. Just kind of see what happens. So it came up to July 11th, 12th, 13th, nothing, 14th, 15th, nothing. And I didn't say anything. 16th, 17th, and then I think it was my mom goes, oh my goodness, Bertie, it's July 17th, July 15th, that's your birthday, we forgot. And uh, my birthday was forgotten. But it's okay. <laughs> they made up double the next year, and it's something that I can never, I'll never let them forget. No, <laughs> but the reason why I share that little story, personal story, is because deep down, one of the worst things in life is to be forgotten. Is to feel forgotten, feel like you're not seen, you're left out, you're whatever it may be. I was meditating on Luke 12 lately, and I can't really get out of this chapter. There's a lot of stuff in Luke 12 where Jesus is talking about anxiety, and he's talking about um, uh, talking about trusting him. And he, he said this line that just really stuck out to me in Luke 12, 6 and 7, and, and it's this, Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies, yet not one of them is forgotten by God? Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. And I just couldn't get a, get past this. Not one of them is forgotten by God. And as I was meditating on that, it was this deep sense that, Bert, you are not forgotten by me. You are not forgotten. And God has not forgotten us. He's always there. Then the question comes, if he hasn't forgotten us, how come sometimes we feel forgotten still? How come sometimes we feel even sometimes forgotten by God? Maybe a prayer didn't get answered in the time or the way that we wanted, or maybe it wasn't, it it, it remained 
unanswered. But if God is always there, and he said he has not forgotten us, if, if even like the sparrows and if even one of them and the hairs of our head are numbered and God has not forgotten, then that means that he's there for us. So then the question becomes in this year, how close of a relationship then do we want with the Lord? So when we talk about developing on our prayer, uh, developing prayer in our lives, I think it has to start with that, that God has availed himself to us. He wants to be close to us. Um, I, I remember talking to uh, Josh, who gave his testimony as a grade 12 student. And, you know, sometimes, you know, your parents, okay, if you have Christian parents, they sort of push you along in your faith, okay? Like, that's just what happens, okay? But then you get, you get to have an experience, like an Every Nation conference, or you get to whatever the situation may be. And all of a sudden, as John, Josh testified, it's like, this isn't their faith anymore, it's mine. It's what I want to, I want, I, I want to know Jesus. I want to walk with him. And so the question is, how close do we want to really go with our relationship with the Lord? Do you realize that there are levels? There are levels of how deep we go with God. We can have a casual relationship with him. We can have, or we can have an intimate uh, relationship with him. When we think of uh, the leader Moses in the Bible who led the nation of Israel. For those of you who are familiar with your Bible, you'll know that he was one of the great leaders of, of Israel. And here's what it says about him in Exodus 33:11. It said, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young age, Joshua, the son of Nun, would not leave the tent. So let me give you some background. There was, there was a tent that was set up, and when Moses went in, he had a prayer time with God. He had a time with God that was so close. It said that after he had finished having prayer time, sometimes that his face would shine. And God said that the closeness that relationship had where it was like a, a person talking to a friend. And Joshua, who became the next leader after Moses, he understood that the secret to Moses' leadership, his power, and everything he did wasn't what he did externally, but whatever happened in that tent. When he went in, when Moses went into that tent and he had time with God, something happened. Something happened powerfully in his life as he connected with the Lord. And it said that Joshua, he wasn't allowed to go in because God only let Moses go into this special time. But Joshua had the understanding that that's where the power is. That's where whatever it is that Moses got, he got it in there. And it said that Joshua, he couldn't go in, but he just hung around that tent. He's going like something, maybe I'll get a turn to go in there. Maybe it'll be my turn. And he eventually became the new leader. And I think the reason, or one of the reasons why Joshua became the successor of Moses is because Joshua knew where that power came from. And it was from that relationship that Moses had with God. And as we develop our prayer life, that's what we're trying to achieve first and foremost is simply to draw close to God, to summarize, to draw close. That's the first thing. When we think of it, it's not about asking God for this and asking God for that. It starts we're just knowing him more deeply, sensing his presence, sensing his love, knowing his goodness, who he is, and making it a reality in our lives. 
Because we can hear these things, we can even read them in the Bible, but until we have time with God, just spending time in his presence to draw close, then that'll still be some, some out there thing as opposed to a reality. We sense the love of God when we spend time with him. We sense the nearness of God. We sense the goodness of God. Uh, one of the most famous uh, Christian authors on the subject of prayer was someone named E.M. E. M. Bounds. And he wrote, Uh, 11 books in his life, but nine of them were on prayer. And this is what he said. Prayer should not be regarded as a duty which must be performed, but rather as a privilege to be enjoyed, a rare delight that is always revealing some new beauty. So the first thing as we develop our prayer is just to understand that God wants to be with us. He, He wants to be with us. He says that we're not forgotten. And if we're not forgotten, then that means that we have access to spend time uh, with him. Another aspect of developing our prayer life is when we begin to do business with God. What do I mean by that? What I mean is when we realize a lack in our lives and we now go to God in prayer crying out uh, for transformation or in short, doing business with God. Is there an area of your life where you say, Lord, things need to change. Things need to change here. 2024, something needs to change. I know who you are. I know your love, but there's still some things that need to change. I can remember uh, the first time that I had a season of prayer with God that was transformational and was change. It was a long, long time ago. I can remember uh, we were, I was still in Vancouver, and I remember in our little campus church, we had a, a guest pastor. Uh, I, I remember his name was Ben, and he was Latino background, and he was a wonderful preacher. Uh, he also wrote some songs and things, and he was speaking, and he was talking about his relationship with the Lord, of how uh, he would spend time with God and just early in the morning and he would get up at five o'clock and he would sometimes sing praises to God, sometimes just tell the Lord that he loved him. And I can remember being so touched by, there was something, it wasn't so much just what he said, but I sensed that he had this relationship with God that I didn't. I was a, I was a Christian by then, but there was there was a difference here. And all I knew is whatever he had, I wanted it. I just wanted it. And so I thought, you know, I'm, a, I'm still a student and, you know, in university. But I thought, well, if five o'clock in the morning is the key, let me set my clock. And I just began to show up. And just, God, you did it for this pastor. And, you know, you, know, you said you're no respecter person. Here I am. And I began to just praise God, tell him that I loved him, ask God to draw near to my life. And I do it day after day, day after day. And there's a couple things that happened. One is that I began to feel over time a sense of his closeness. The other thing is I began to sense change within my life. Second Corinthians 3, 18 and 19 says this. Now the, now the Lord is spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the spirit. And that's a reference to actually that unveiled face. It's actually a reference back to 
Moses because Moses, they said that his face would be so shiny after he spent time with God, he would just be like glowing. They said that they had to put like a veil in front of him uh, because it was just, it's kind of weird to have a guy's face glowing. And uh, But so they just put this on him and it seemed to be to work out. But this one here said, since Jesus died and rose again, it's like, it's, it's, it's a prophetic image that for all of us, we can have that unveiled connection with God. And as we do, it says that we get transformed, that we change. So if, if developing our prayer life starts with closeness, then it moves into transformation in our lives. Uh, Another uh, story for me of how this this worked is I realized that not only did I need to draw closer to God, but when I really examined my life, I knew that there was one negative thing really plaguing my life. Well, probably many, but one that was really pronounced to me, and it was how fearful I was. Uh, Very introverted and just fearful all the time. I mean, I just, I don't. I, I don't know why, but wherever that came out, came from, my upbringing or whatever, just who cares or who knows how, how it was, but I can remember just, I was just afraid of everything. And I'm not saying I never have those times where I have to battle anxiety, we all do, right? But there was something very pronounced in my life that I knew that I wanted God to change it. I I wanted something from the Lord. I Lord, can you change this in my life? And I came across a Christian book. And it was something like How to Conquer Fear in Your Life. I go, that's the book for me. And I read this book. And then after, at the end of the book, uh, the author put down 50 verses about fear not. I had heard that there's 365 verses in the Bible that say fear not. I don't know if that's true or not. One for every day of the year. But um, he had 50 of them. And they were in the King James Version. And he encouraged At the end of the book, he said, now you've read this book and I've given you encouragement through this book. But his suggestion was to combine prayer and the word. And he said to recite these 50 verses in your prayer time every day. And I forget if it was for 30 days or whatever. And I took the challenge. And so I would be up in the morning and I, and I wrote down some of these that I could just remember off the top of my head and look them up in the King James. They're not on the, they're not on the screen, but this is what I would do. And I was, I like to stand in prayer. I still do. I don't, every time I kneel down or sit down, I just fall asleep. So I always stand when I pray and walk around. So, uh, here's, here's what I would do. First John 418. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Psalm 94, 19. When my anxious thoughts multiply within me, your consolations delight my soul. Isaiah 41, 10. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will hold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. In Psalm 23, 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Second Timothy 1, 7, 
For God hath not given birth a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Sometimes I put my name into it. Uh, Psalm 23, uh, 4. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Ooh, I hold, I, I remember holding on to that one. Psalm 27, 1. The Lord is the, my light and my salvation. Of whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And what I found is that at first I was just reading these. But over time, I started proclaiming them over my life. It went from, yeah, that's a nice Bible verse, to I believe it. I stand on it. I want it. Lord, give this to me. For I have not received a spirit of bondage again to fear, but I have received the spirit of adoption whereby I cry, Abba, Father. And God is my refuge and strength, the very present help in trouble. Therefore, I will not fear, though the earth be removed and though the mountains are carried into the midst of the sea. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let your heart not be troubled, neither let it be afraid. I've got more, but I'm not going to do 50, okay? I think you get the idea. But I wanted to also share just how uh, developing a prayer for transformation, it was a combination of the word and the prayer. People say, well, like, should you pray first and then read the word or should read the word? I don't think it matters. I think it's best, though, that they're combined together. The book of Psalms is the prayer book of the Bible, and it said that every human emotion that has ever been felt by humankind is expressed in the book of Psalms. It's beautiful. But here's the thing. I started to see, beginning bit by bit, fear to be replaced with faith and confidence in my life. And I'm so grateful that God has not forgotten me. I'm so grateful that he invited me to draw near I'm also so happy that he's invited me to see transformation. Uh, a good ENGTA sermon would not be complete without a quote from our dear pastor, Tim Keller. Um, he said this, prayer in his book on prayer, he said, how, prayer is how God gives us so many of the unimaginable things he has for us. Indeed, prayer makes it safe for God to give us many of the things that we most desire. It is the way we know God, the way we finally treat God as God. Prayer is simply the key to everything we need to do and be in life. Wonderful. So after we draw near, after we believe for transformation in prayer, it's also time to give it away. Prayer is not just for us. Uh, for the Christian, we have actually the awesome opportunity of two birthdays speaking. We Our natural birth, and also, if you can remember the day that you were born again or you made Jesus your Savior and Lord, there's another birthday. But you know, there's a lot of people that they have the first birthday, but they don't have the second birthday. And one of the things that we're called to in prayer is to pray for second birthdays, not to keep it in. And when we think of anything that needs to be done out there, we have to remember it all starts back here in prayer. Whether it's drawing close to God, whether it's transformation or anything else, whether it's healing, whatever it is, it all starts with prayer. And really, it's, it's really that thing that says, Lord, I can't do this by myself. I need you. Prayer reflects humility in our lives. Man, if I could have taken away fear of my life. I tried some things. 
Well, maybe if I do this, maybe if I get better at that, that'll give me confidence. That'll get none of it worked. But prayer combined with the word, it worked for me. It'll work for you. But we need to give it away. How many people in our city have not really even had the chance to hear the gospel so that they could have a second birthday? We're all called to share the good news. Unfortunately, we often forget those special potential birthdays all the time. And so I want to challenge us with a third type of prayer this morning. I call it harvest prayer. Jesus said this in John 4.35, Do not say they are yet four months, then comes the harvest. Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. And I realize, and as the Lord put on my heart, Bert, the first thing you need to do if you want to see more people come to know the Lord is you have to lift up your eyes and you have to see people in a different light. You just got to see them in a different light. You know, we live in a really nice neighborhood and people are very educated. They do well in life. And it's very easy to just think, well, they have it all together. You know, they don't, they don't have any needs. But as I begin to write names down in my prayer journal of these people and begin to let the Lord open up my eyes, first of all, to that what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? And at the end of the day, people aren't near as happy as they let on. You know, when you really get to know people, you'll see that behind every smiling face is a hurting, broken heart. And God is asking us to start by prayer. And what I've noticed is that I did this about a year ago when I saw this scripture, you know, Jesus talking about the first step is for you to lift up your eyes and see people as I see people. Or as the song we sung today, break my heart for what breaks yours. Jesus uh, really wants to bring home every one of his wandering children, everyone. And he wants to impart that heart into our heart. He wants to part his heart into our hearts. And I believe that just like it took me a while of saying these scriptures over and over and over again for transformation to happen in my life, I think we need to be dedicated to prayer for others in the same way. Not a one and done, but whatever it takes, however long it takes. There's been surveys of people who've come to Christ and they, they, they talk about the different factors of, of why do you think you're a Christian right now? You know, and they have different things like I knew a Christian friend. Sometimes it was like a, a difficult cir- circumstance in life that I couldn't face on my own. But in every one of those cases, there was also, they found out afterward that someone was praying for them. Sometimes five years, sometimes 10 years. I know I gave up. After about a year, I had harvest prayer, and I was writing down some people that were even pretty far from God, even in my own family. And I found, and I gave up, and I, I just confess, I didn't follow through, okay? I've picked it back up since. 
but I just got discouraged in this. I mean, I think I was I was writing the names down in my prayer journal. I think after about six months of almost doing it on a daily basis, because I wanted to register those prayers somehow. I'm, I, I have that kind of mind, so so I wanted to write the, the name down, and that counted as a prayer, uh, as I wrote their name down on a day and thought about them and brought their name before the Lord. But then I realized how faithful the Lord was, because even months after I'd given up, I met some of these people, and one of them in particular was like transformed and was literally talking to me about how he really wished he could believe like other people. He said, I'm just, he said, I, I kind of know it's true, but I, and I want it. And I see the difference at a Christian life. And I'm I, like this guy who's talking to me like this. I'm thinking like, he's the guy who fought me for a long time about how stupid religion was and the Bible and it's all whatever. And, and I realized, Lord, why did I give up? <laughs> Look at all that you did, even in my unfaithfulness. So as we uh, conclude today, I want to give you a threefold challenge to develop your prayer life in 2024. I said it, draw close. If you don't have a time where you say, look, I'm going to show up, telling you 530 is the best time five o'clock I'm teasing you you don't have to do it then but maybe you will maybe the Lord will it, anything good in life that comes to us takes a commitment to get there right just the way it is so draw near drawing near to God the second challenge is what is an area of transformation in your life that you're believing for this year? And how can you pray and apply the word of God to that in your life? For some of you, it's going to be this issue of fear. And you're going to have to find your own 50, or I can share some of them with you, but or you might want to find some of those and begin to combine those. And then finally is prayer for others. And uh, in our church, we're re- vitalizing our card that helps us to engage others. And we call it our Pepsi card, not Pepsi, but Z. And it's pray, bless, connect, and invite. And on one side of the card, it just has that because we, we want to do more than prayer, but we don't want to do less than prayer. And we're going to talk about some of these other things and some of these other sermons of how we can be good news people and make a difference in our city for good and extend the kingdom of God in 2024 and grow. Not for the growth of this church, but for the growth of the kingdom of God. And then on the back, that's where you write the names. Uh, and I keep this in my wallet so that these people are close to me. And I also have a new little section, and that is for people who may be going through a real tough time right now, and I find out about it, and then I say, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to put it at the, the end. So it's not just for people who don't know Jesus. That's our main focus. But there can also be a place, say this person's you know battling a serious illness, or this person you know, is really struggling, and they have a struggling child. And we put their name down and begin to consistently and faithfully pray. Why? Because God has not forgotten us. God has not forgotten you. God has not forgotten me. And he wants to use us to let others know that he has not forgotten them. Let's pray. Father, as we 
as we enter this new year and we want to be resolved, Lord, on living a life of the key things that would make an impact this year for you. We pray, and even as we've committed, once again, consecrated ourselves, Lord, here's some practical ways of consecrating ourselves in prayer uh, for a new year. Lord, uh, you see our hearts today. And I'm just wondering, I'm, 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 I'm just curious right now, especially on that second part that you say, there's something that needs to be transformed in my life today. Can I see a raise of hands if God was speaking to you on that point in particular? There's something in your life that you're trusting God. Lord, you see those hands, Lord. And I just agree, Lord, with every person that says that there's just something that the Holy Spirit has shone a light on and said that this is an area that uh, you want to see transformation. And Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord, that you will be faithful. And you will be faithful to helping us draw near, and you'll be faithful in helping us. You know, I just can't get away from this, but I feel like I need to challenge you on this third point, too. How many people here are saying, I'm convicted, or the Lord's impressing on my heart that it's time for me to get serious about praying for others? How many people would say that's something that the Holy Spirit's telling you? Lord, you see our hands, you see our hearts. Mind's up, Lord. Lord, let's give us grace, Lord, to follow through in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Every Nation GTA. Thanks for joining us. For more information, visit our website at everynationgta.org.